Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. I'm Ryan Becker, and I'm really glad you've decided to join us today, and I'm excited about today's topic. I think it's one that uh, we haven't dove into a lot in recent years in, in, in our denomination, so I'm really excited to talk about it today, and I have two awesome guests ready and, and equipped and willing to talk about this. Thank you for your bravery, uh, Ross Knight and Ruby Pimentel. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, Ruby, let's start with you. My name is Ruby, and I'm pastor in the Asheville and Henderson area here in North Carolina. Okay, and Ross? I'm Ross Knight. Uh, again, I work up, at, work up in the mountains of Boone and Banner Elk, North Carolina. I work as a pastor here at the Carolina Conference. Great. So let's let's jump right into this. If if you haven't figured it out yet, our topic today is how do we interact with other denominations? And this has been a point of division, I think, pretty much throughout our entire church's history. Is what what's the line, and 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 how far do I go? And and is it okay to even you know attend another church service, or you know where? How far should my friendships and relationships go? in regards to cross-denominational uh, connections and, and relationships. So let's, let's jump in here and, and, and give initial thoughts on, on, your to- on just what do you think about interacting with other denominations? Well, first off, do we interact with other, other denominations? I mean, many of us probably uh, stick in more of an Adventist bubble and are just kind of there, you know. Uh, I will say there are some who, especially from a church setting— um, like, I think there's two ways you could say that is that, you know, on a personal level, on a, on a, on as an individual interacting with other denominations of faith, um, or are we, and then we're also talking about, uh, probably, um, how does our local church interact with another local church, you know, yeah. or, or of, of a different denomination or, or faith. And so, you know, Many of us, we say, you're, talking to, you're asking the question, how do we? I'm asking the question, do we even? Do we even interact with, uh, yeah. with, with any other denominations? And largely, I'm seeing that uh, we don't. And I think, and I don't want to say that blanket, uh, just as a blanket statement that we don't, and that there's no reason as to why we wouldn't or shouldn't or, or how, but at the same time, uh, you know, I hear the biggest pushbacks and criticisms I've ever heard on interacting with other, other denominations are often from those who have no relationships outside of their own Adventist context. Yeah, they've only they only know what they've been told or have learned about other denominations, but not firsthand actually experienced. Uh, Ruby, what do you think? Well, you know, uh, first thing I want to say is that interacting with others is not a sin. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might put it, it's not a sin. And actually, um, I think it's just a way of dying as an individual when you don't interact with other people. Because at the end of the day, um, that's what exactly what Jesus wanted us to do, to interact with everybody. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite parables in the Bible is the Good Samaritan that is found. And the Levite, you know, there were different kind of people. You could say maybe denominations, that's how you want to put it, and adjust it to today's society. And and it was the, the person that you least expect that was one who came and brought that help. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because uh, we haven't realized that uh, that's exactly what's happening today. <laughs> the people outside interacting with us, and yet we don't want to interact with them. Yeah. And the best way to interact with them is just 
getting to know or ask them things that we ourselves, we like. If if we talk to people, we're going to realize that they are interested in the same thing we're interested. They like soccer. They like basketball. They like sports. They like uh, those that are interested in painting or whatever other stuff. And once you can relate to those things, then it's easier for you to interact and even share your own um, beliefs and what you think about, you know, your, your spiritual life and all that kind of thing, because you have already created this, this bond, this friendship. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, um, Ross mentioned something that, um, a lot of us, we don't, we don't in- interact. And I'm telling you the people that don't interact eventually, my personal belief is, is they just die. They just die because if they can interact, the reason they don't interact with other people is because they feel they don't have the same belief. But guess what? Even inside our church, it's not everybody believes the same thing. No, 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 not no. everybody thinks the same thing. So what? So you're going to tell me you're going to stop interacting with them too? Yeah. And eventually they do. That's why you go to churches. I go to churches and I say hi to people and it's like, I don't know, somebody put a tape or something in their mouth. They don't even say <laughs> hi back. No, I mean, I mean, Ruby, what you just said though, like uh, um, they don't, eventually they don't interact. I, I mean... I can think of examples of many who would uh, rather sit at home and either watch 3ABN or Hope Channel or something, which, again, I'm not knocking those things, but I'm saying they have the ability to go and uh, and, and worship uh, with the church family. But because of this, that, and the other, for whatever reason, this person or some of these people, or I heard this said or done at the church, uh, now it's, well... You know, I'm just rather than risk any of it, I'm just going to stay at home where I know I can control the atmosphere 100 percent and I'm going to stay home. And, well, and see, I think I think so. I, th- I think we've touched on two things here that um, that impact this heavily. Uh, number one is control. Right. So if, if we're within our own denomination and I think both of these things I'm about to say, I think actually spread across all the I think every denomination actually struggles with this to some extent. Control. Right, because if if your denomination is the one in charge of an event or something like that, then you can tr- you can usually trust that you you're going to agree with or else be able to agree with most of what's being said. But I think the other half of it is a a wrong focus on um, on what makes us unique instead of what actually what makes us set apart from other denominations instead of what actually makes us similar. Um, and so we spend all this time dissecting the differences in our beliefs instead of embracing the unity that can come from understanding that many of us believe a lot of the same things. Um, I can talk with any Christian. In fact, I've been to several uh, Sunday churches where 90% of even what's been preached from the pulpit is something that I can full-on agree with with no problem because it's all about Jesus and his love for me and, and how much he pursues sinners and, and, and wants to um, wants to restore them and save them. And and. And there's there's beauty in worshiping with people who don't come from the same faith background as you. And so I think I think part of this has been yeah a wrong perspective on instead of instead of only focusing and trying to preserve what makes you unique, you've actually sacrificed. You've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, and and you've sacrificed the things that actually make you the same or make you similar and keep you as a part of the family. Because even if you believe that Adventism is, is the, the remnant church, right? Some of the Adventists are the remnant church. Well, God has his remnant everywhere, and Revelation doesn't name a denomination. He names a people. And one key identifier of the remnant is that it lasts till Jesus comes. So we won't even know who the full expression of the remnant is until that last identifier is, has come true, which is Jesus comes back. Listen, I'm going to share this um, experience I had just last week. I was in Sedona, Arizona. 
I was taking this little tour and this trolley and the guy that was giving the tour, you know, he, he had his shorts, he had his, um, you know, a, a few rings and, you know, a few things. Anyway, so we talked about the beauty, about the site and everything. And he, he asked me, who, you know, who I was. So I said, well, I'm a pastor of the Seventh Adventist Church. And he goes like, so what you doing here? I said, well, I was here for some meetings, but, you know, I took a few days off. Because, you know, I was in shorts and polo shirt. I was relaxed, no suit tie. Yeah. And um, he said, well, that's good. That's good. You need to rest. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that there's a day of rest, which is Sabbath. And that got me off guard. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm like, so, but this is, and the reason I brought this story is because of this. I interacted with him. And even though he's not some Adventist, hey, he does recognize Sabbath as the day of rest. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. And see, just by that simple interaction, I realized that there's someone that has the same interests that I have and, and shares the same beliefs and thought in some capacity. So we cannot be afraid of talking to people and, and telling them. And, and I'm going to tell you this. And one thing I have tried to put in practice is this. If I become your friend, I could plant the seed and that's all. The rest the Holy Spirit will do. There's a lot of people that will listen to what you believe because they are your friend and you're able to talk to them. The problem with us is that we want to plant that seed. We want to put water. We want to make sure it grows. We want to make sure. That, yeah. And that's where when things comes that we don't agree upon. Oh, well, that's a problem. See, you're not safe. You're not part of the true church. Mm. And and that's an issue. So just learn how to how to share, how to interact and be their friend and talk to people after all. Those are the ones that God wants us to be around. And when Jesus was here on earth, remember, he talked to everybody. He shared, he shared with people from church and people out of church. Yeah. You know, for me, and I want to say this, I, I firmly believe that as Seventh-day Adventists, we hold a special truth. And I also believe that as Adventists, we hold a a very special end-time message, uh, to, again, to be shared with the rest of the world, be able to, and having opportunities to speak into other denominations and other other peoples, that is uh, that is a wonderful thing, and to be uh, and to be taken uh, very seriously. I also think sometimes we have a focus that when we acknowledge that we hold a very precious truth as Seventh Day Adventists, that if we are to in any way associate with another denomination. Or if we are to either participate in another gathering or participate in another uh, function that is not uh, Seventh-day Adventist-sponsored, that somehow we have now, as we interact, then we have sudden, we're in full agreement with, yeah. with that culture or, or with that tradition. And that, to me, is not, is not the case. You see, while, yes, I, again, I say we hold the truth, we hold a very precious truth as Adventists— um, I also think if we think, okay, well, yes, we hold the truth, but there's nothing I can learn from another denomination, or I can nothing I can learn from the next door Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or whatever, uh, what other denomination is right next door to you. If there's nothing that I can, if I think that there's nothing that I can learn from those contexts, then really I, I think I'm probably off already. Because, you know, sure, I may have the the prophecy charts down perfect, you know, might have that that great. 
But that church over there knows how to get into other people, get into people's homes. That other church over there knows how to uh, do mission work in our community that, frankly, is drawing tons and tons of people into their church because it is a church that is showing, it's demonstrating that it cares about its community. And so if our, if, if, if say, my local church is only known for its truth or it's preaching or it's Bible study, which are, again, not knocking those things. I think we need 100% those things. But if we're only what we offer inside the church and we don't offer anything outside the church, well, frankly, the people who are trying to decide, am I going to go between that church or that church? They're probably going to go to the one that is more uh, involved in its community because they can see tangibly what they are what they are doing. And so for us, I think sometimes we just have to be humble and recognize mm. You know, uh, I can see what they're doing and I can see that God is clearly blessing what they're doing. I want to, I want to see, I want to see this blessing that God has blessed upon that church and what they're doing in this community. And I want to see if there's something that I can take away in my own context, not, not to add or improve on it, but to, to, if I'm not doing either community service or if I'm not offering some sort of a marriage seminar or something that is a pressing need, then, uh, then I need to look and find out. Hey, what other what are other churches doing that's being successful in that area? Hmm. I, you know, I I've had a lot of friends too who have grown up in, and this is just I'm just gonna be completely real about this. They've grown up Adventist, and the churches, the only churches they've had access to or been able to go to, have actually been ones that have either had abusive leaders, uh, have been whether physically or sexually. Uh, they've had, um, you know, people hit them over the head with with scripture or Ellen White, and and honestly, being a part of those communities has actually been the most damaging to their faith. And I've had to tell them, like, hey, if you need to step out for a bit, I get it. And actually, Ellen White has a quote about this, and she has she's talking about uh, the weakness of some of our spiritual leaders, and she says this, but she says that uh, there is little hope in in one direction, or there is a little hope in one direction. Take the young men and women and place them where they will come in as little come as little in contact with our churches as possible, that the low grade of piety, which is current in this day, shall not leaven their ideas of what it means to be Christian. So even Ellen White had this understanding that even though we call ourselves Adventists, we don't always have it all right. And I think there is a need, like I, I've seen, we may get the, the, the uh, interpretation of the Bible correct, but does that mean we get community correct? Does that mean we get the way that it's taught correct? Does that mean being a Christian? Yeah, correct. being a Christian correct. Knowledge does not always equal uh, uh, equally valuable action, and so I there is I think a need to learn from our brothers and sisters, especially from denominations that have a history spanning the entirety of you know from from the fall of Rome all the way to now. You've got denominations uh, that have existed since the Reformation, and they have this beautiful knowledge of Christian history that Adventists can miss out on if we only focus on what happened from 1844 up to now. And so I think there is a lot of beauty and things that we can learn from other people if we're willing to build relationships and friendships with them and get to know them. I like how uh, I like how George Knight kind of puts it uh, is that, uh, you know, he's not interested in being an Adventist or a Christian, he wants to be an Adventist Christian. That's what he's. That's what he's. But if he had to choose between the two, he's going to choose. He's going to choose the Christian. But what he's saying is that uh, if you're only an Adventist but you're not a Christian, 
then I don't want anything to do with you. Uh, but he's also saying, he also says, I want to be an Adventist Christian because I want, I want both worlds. You know, I want yeah. to, uh, I want to be someone who ha- who has the truth, has a knowledge, a working knowledge of, uh, of the biblical truths, uh, has a working knowledge of, uh, of, uh, the gospel and yet, uh, is still kind, friendly, a loving person to, to others. And it can be a, uh, is a, is a Christian whom will go and work for other people, uh, uh, who will be someone who will, uh, who will extend the love of Christ to others. Uh, and so basically he's saying, I can be in the truth and not be a jerk about it. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? If I have faith, but not love, then what good is it? Well, I mean, uh, having the knowledge is not what brings you happiness. It's sharing that knowledge. It's just like a teacher. They can have all the knowledge, but what really makes them happy is teaching others. And in order for you to teach, you got to interact with other people. And you can learn, you know, I know we talked about this and something came to mind when we were um, speaking about, you know, having contact with people and learning how to learn. You know, there's a lot of things you can learn from other even denominations. You know what? What I like about the Catholics, they very revere in their temple. You mm. go in some churches and you think it's a park, all the kids running around all over and all the things. You know what I love about you know Pentecostal? They always praising the Lord. For mm. us, we think it's even a sin to praise the Lord. Oh <laughs> man, if we if we sing Hallelujah, they look at you weird, like oh you know. What I like about uh, Jehovah Witness, they're always willing to share. You know, you always see them with a little suitcase on a Sunday out yeah. there preaching. And if you look at and and this is something I've always, when I'm preaching, tell people, if you notice at the rest of the denominations, they all have something that they are distinguished by. And yet, even though we hold the truth, it doesn't seem like we have something to be distinguished. If if you see somebody with a uh, with a white shirt and black pants and a tie, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? They belong to who? Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's yeah. Witness or Mormons. Yeah, or the LDS. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or, or a suitcase, a long skirt, Pentecostal. Tell me about Adventism. Nothing. You know, a canvas bag, actually. A canvas, a canvas bag. bag and a denim skirt. True. We're calling it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, depending on where you are, if you have like a Southern Talj Hall shirt or something, <laughs> at least if you're here in maybe. the Southern Union. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah maybe. But, but you, you get yeah, the point. Yeah, there's no right? identifier that you're talking to an Adventist but, immediately. But that's because they're active in sharing. But for some reason, like you mentioned, Ross, we do have the truth, but it seems like we don't want to share that truth. And having the truth and not sharing for me is just a waste of time. So and I love the fact that you, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I love the fact that you say Adventist Christian. You have the message, but the Christian is the action part going out there. Well, te- technically, that's uh, my not relative, but uh, shares the same last name, George Knight's words. Nice. But you know, I, I've I've kind of taken that as my own a little bit too. Um, but I was also I was also thinking about you know I've uh, been asked you know, in the in the almost four years that I've been a pastor now, I've been asked to, you know, participate in community events uh, that different churches in the community have uh, put together, um, like, you know, things for Thanksgiving or Christmas or or Easter and things like that. And, and uh, you know, um, I, so I've been, I've received pushback on that sometimes. And I'm not saying I am without fault because I have had plenty of warranted criticisms and, and that's, that's fine. But um I've received pushback at times only if the saying, why are you participating in this event? This is not an Adventist event. Why would you participate? Well, this is the greatest opportunity to be able to share with non-Adventists about what I believe. You yeah. know, I get to speak on, I get to first off end the stigmatism of, well, because these people 
in the community want to know what an Adventist is like. And they can only go by what they've heard. A lot of them hear that, you know, that lie that Adventism is a cult, you know, and then that's the, that's what they build it up. And then they meet someone and say, oh, that's really not that weird or strange, you know. <laughs> uh, I get to – I have an opportunity to to share and meet and create a relationship where several times since then I get uh, – I've met someone even in the grocery store and said, I remember you from that. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm bringing up a real example. Someone brought, Someone's like – you know, I always thought you Adventists were pretty weird, but it uh, looks like we're not all that different. And I was thinking, you know, uh, uh, no, we're not. We're not that weird. I, I'm. I, I hope I'm not that weird. Yeah, sometimes, them, uh, sometimes you're a little weird, Russ. So, sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes I'm personally okay, might be most a of weird. the time I'm very weird. So it's okay. I understand. <laughs> but either way, you know, that relationship could not have been built had I not been willing to accept an invitation to be a part of something. And again, if there is something that goes against me morally and spiritually. To to be a part of, I wouldn't participate in it. But if it's something that I have a common ground on, if they're, if we're celebrating Christ's birth, or if we're celebrating uh, His death and resurrection, those are things. Those are things that I can absolutely join in on. Absolutely, I, I, I really resonate with common ground. And I think the other thing too is, while we want to share that knowledge, uh, our friendships are not based on converting people, and our friendships are based on uh, wanting to just get to know someone, to love people. And it's God who converts them, and He He works through us in many ways to share knowledge, to answer questions, to plant seeds. But it's the Holy Spirit that does the work of actually changing a heart, and it's and and, and it's God impressing Himself on their lives, and 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 so it's our job to just be present, and we can't be present if we're not there. So it's um, I I agree with everything you guys have been saying. I really resonate with a lot of it. Uh, so as we wind down, any final thoughts for our listeners? I believe that the more we share, the more we are saved. Hmm. We have plenty to learn. We, as Adventists, we still have we still have plenty to learn. And you know, I don't always have every perfect answer, and I don't have uh, I don't always have the answer for every particular context. But I do know that God wants us to be able to interact with others, and even those who uh, believe and act differently. Thank you guys so much. This has been an awesome conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I think uh, denominations is something we've really struggled to understand and, and just how and how we can interact with them. And so uh, to our listeners, if uh, if you've been struggling with this question and wondering just how far you should go or, or should be willing to go, I hope we've provided you with some perspective. Uh, thank you guys so much for journeying with us, and we'll see you next time on Echo. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.